the elder was so full of garbage. He had a lot to say about a lot of things. <laughs> Most of which, look, I respect, like, that for a very long time there was not an agreed upon method for studying the natural world. But as far as I can freaking tell, everything he did was just like he heard a story and then he wrote like the definitive freaking text on it. Yeah. Yeah. He just had a lot of things to say about a lot of things. And then that was where I'll accept it as fact. Which, like, I kind of get was a thing, like, uh, who is it, the father father of history, whose name I forget, wrote about there being giant spiders <laughs> in, a war, uh, in a war with Persia or something. Oh my god. What? How about I write an encyclopedia right. about something I know absolute shit about? Yes. Absolutely. Isn't that what we're doing here with this podcast? Oh no! I'm called <laughs> out! I am Pliny. Oh no! Oh no! Turns out, the real Pliny was the friends we made along the way? Well, no. it's <laughs> too bad that 26 had to be the number of episodes we did before this podcast ended, but... No. Well, it's been nice. Uh, I'll play the outro music right here. How's that? Yay. <laughs> is the outro music just our intro music? It's the second half of the intro. It's a full. It's oh. a thirty. Se- it's a thirty-second song, and the first half plays at the beginning, and the second half plays at the end. Neat. Bernadette mm-hmm. outing themselves that they don't often listen to our show. <laughs> I listen to parts of it. <laughs> I have a deep distaste for hearing my own dumb thoughts recorded on I've, wax cylinder. I've had to uh, get over that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> As I do the editing. <laughs> yeah. If I edited, it would just be Caitlin talking to no one. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the intro music, 20 minutes of me talking to no one, and the outro music. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I believe sh- <laughs> brevity is the soul of wit, so I shall be brief. As we are here doing hour and 20 minute episodes every once in a while. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so distracted by Naturalis Historiae. Thomas yeah, Primus. I, I want to get my hands on a copy of that at some point. It just seems like something I should absorb. Like, Yeah, man. I feel like I just should. That has to be on the Gutenberg, right? Uh, yeah, I feel like it, it has, out. like, illustrations from... Oh, okay, they're not, like... They're not uh, native to the text there later editions but i want everything to have illustrations that makes <laughs> sense it they didn't have pr- they didn't have uh that level of printing of course there wouldn't be printed woodblock illustrations <laughs> i took a whole class on this garbage yeah yeah the natural history of pliny volume one of six on the on the project gutenberg I've run past the point at which I could naturally introduce the name of this podcast, so I'd like you to do it. <laughs> uh, hi, welcome to Stone Houses, an amateur guide to fiction, fable, and folklore. I'm Caitlin Bruder. And I'm Laura Bruder Meeker. I like that you're really rushing through it now. <laughs> oh, Stone Houses, I don't know if I got to.
<laughs> I always do it at the end, which is when, like, I feel like we're, like, running out of time, so I run oh, through real fast. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I'm used to saying it. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like, do you know the, st- the statue of Lacan and his sons where it's, like, him being really upset that he's being attacked by a snake? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I feel like it has really horny energy. <laughs> a lot of sculptures did and do. So I've, that's you're not too far off base. Also, like, there's a weirdness in, I guess, all games and stuff, but, like, the fact that Black One Sons are clearly just, like, rescaled <laughs> men rather than children. <laughs> yeah. God, that's one thing that's fun. We, I, we've talked about it probably in an episode at some point, but how <laughs> artists at a certain period only knew how to draw fit adult men or create fit adult men in the medium of their choice and so every other figure was just like distort tool to like (laughs) fit your agenda there was a particularly heinous one by michelangelo (laughs) that i think we've probably talked about i think it's part of um what carving is it part of? Look, the point is that his interpretation of the feminine body is a male body with two half melons stuck, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. even integrated into the pectoral <laughs> nope. structure, just no, like just plop on, there. on top. Like he Super kind of blue. forgot until the absolute last yeah. minute. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> also, like babies, when babies are like just like just human men, but now they're tiny. Like, oh, so many depictions, like Madonna and Childs. God, some of those depictions crack me up so much. It's just a tiny human man. <laughs> There's a Tumblr dedicated to ugly babies in Renaissance paintings. It's amazing. Cats, too, are pretty good. Cats with human faces. It's pretty common. Makes me laugh. They're like circular puffballs with human faces. I'd like anyone at a computer to Google. Oh, boy. Sorry about my... um. Sorry about my ad blocker website. Uh, look up the painting, um, St. Nicholas Refusing His Mother's Milk. <laughs> I've seen this one. <laughs> or, did you know that St. Nicholas was a kind of a larval stage? <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, as history would have us would have us see. Anyway. Oh, uh, God, yeah. It's just as horrific as I remember. Ah! Uh, ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. It's a little caterpillar man. Did, did these people just never see a baby? I don't I guess. Actually, some of these like have the vibe of babies. <laughs> yeah. Without like, actually looking like a baby for real. Yeah, babies. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Babies are just uh kinda kinda weird little uh, meat sacks. Mm-hmm. But isn't that all people? Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is a black hole I could really uh, descend into. <laughs> All right. Well, We're warming our listeners up for the topic that definitely has everything to do with what we've talked about so far. Well, it does, okay? Because <laughs> it has to do with Pliny and also other bad natural historians. <laughs> I think in later years, uh, there's a concept of like um, armchair anthropology. The idea of, like, some person who never goes out into the field making big 
sweeping conclusions about foreign oh, cultures, yeah. which mm-hmm. is usually uh, early, I want to say like 1900s, inf- you know, reinforcing racism. But this is like some old style stuff, like <laughs> where these people were like, I saw a thing once. Aha, I know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. I always think of the um the first time a lion was yes I was back. just gonna say and, that. yeah they tried it they said they gave it to a taxidermist and was like all right re- just fix it make it whatever and they they oh they sure good golly did do their best but oh oh boy oh boy was it that <laughs> if if oh that. it was bad if you don't know what we're talking about uh Google the first taxidermy lion it's hysterical and it's shaped like a friend. Maybe uh, could use some help. <laughs> I need to look at it just for fun. Yeah, I need to look at it again too. <laughs> it's so good. Oh no. Oh, he's so good. Oh, he's shaped like a friend that oh needs a little bit he of help. He looks like he's out of a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. He, yeah. Actually, there's no mane. Would it be a... Is it a she, maybe? She looks like she's out of a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. I just, it's very deeply upsetting. Well, maybe maybe there's a mane. I can't tell. Maybe it's a young lion that's a little mane. Oh, boy. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> uh, that tongue, the tongue out. I God, know. it's just. I wonder what it's made of. It looks like wood. Yeah. I think oh. the worst part for me is the eyes because mm-hmm. they don't in any way reflect any living creature's eyes. I mean, they had cats, right? <laughs> Would they have put two and two together that there was a relation? I guess not. I guess they were pretty, like, I say that they were pretty bad at having <laughs> connections, so <laughs> never mind. That's fair. I guess, to to me, it seems like common sense that lions are big cats, but apparently... It's also that they gave it, like, big flat what? teeth. He it's looks like, like he <laughs> talked like this. Re- yeah. Hey, Caitlin. He'll, he'll, he'll. It reminds yeah. me of, you, you know how uh, Brenna has issues with what DreamWorks teeth? Is that what it is? They just look like soft, like clay? Oh, yeah. I know what, about that. It's kind of what <laughs> this guy's got going on. There's just uh, deeply upsetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also in this Google search a, uh, a museum display, it looks like, of two lions. And they look like when a dog eats a bee. <laughs> yeah, the puffy face. Uh-huh. All right. I'm sorry, what were we talking about? Basilisks. A yes. The- <laughs> name I chose despite never being able to say it correctly. Say basilisks, plural, five times fast. Basilisks, 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 basilisks. Did I do it? I think that was four, but I really wasn't oh. paying attention. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> okay. We're talking um, about big snakes. Big oh my gosh. chimera things. Did you know that, uh... That Pliny died in the explosion of Vesuvius? What? Isn't that, doesn't that seem like very small world stuff? Yeah. I, I feel like maybe I've heard that before, but also that's just, yeah. If you want to know more about Pliny the Elder, who we will probably be talking a ton about, uh, listen to Sawbones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the marital tour of Misguided Medicine with uh, Sydney and Justin McElroy. They talk a lot about Pliny the Elder and bring him up in a lot of their stuff. And I think they do an episode just about him specifically in his works, but he had some fun, funky thoughts about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Unearned confidence, mm-hmm. I yeah. think, is the... Like most men. 
yeah by the elder exactly. had honor and confidence uh so let's head on over let's detour over into the uh etymology corner um, with a little assist from reddit again although <laughs> this is not an argument unfortunately Aww. um so the origin is pretty straightforward the word basilisk comes from the word for king because historically uh bas- basilisks were like snakes with, with a little crown yeah I almost did the Paul of Tompkins thing of calling it a king hat, uh, <laughs> but also very good. User uh, X A I N one 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 two has a post talking about the origins of basilica, basil, and basilisk, uh, pointing out that they all have a similar root in the word basilius, which is Greek for king. So, the basilica is a building of court of justice, aka a royal portal. Um, Basil is uh, from a similar word used for royal perfumes, and then basilisk, little king, because he's got a little, a little crown. Well, <laughs> it. I feel like people who are writing it nowadays are like, it definitely has some sort of spot on its yeah. head rather yeah, than yeah. like an a literal little crown. But some of these illustrations are very. <laughs> the art of this is so good. There's. <laughs> There's okay. one I saw that was very much, it very much just looked like a New Year's Eve, like, party, paper, party crown. Yes. It was very absolutely. good. My favorite thing about the Basilisk is I went into this thinking, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to be, like, a case of, like, a mythological creature that shows up in mythology. No, it is a case of terrible zoology. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. This was like we were talking briefly before the episode about how this got away from us very quickly from what our expectations were for so, for what this topic was going to be. It's very fun. And just for uh, context, I would like to give you a brief visual description of the top three images of a basilisk yes, on this Wikipedia do. page. Number one, what I can only describe as something with the back of an armadillo. Uh, a tail that is itself a upcurling serpentine, but acting like a normal tail. Many legs, like an insect. And then the face of, like, a unhappy chicken with a tiny little Christmas hat on top. <laughs> yeah. Two, something that is clearly a goose, but scaly. Uh, being attacked by Archangel Michael. And the third one... A big chicken, but with a tail that is a snake. Yep. And that just shows the kind of um, variation we've got going on. I just, the second one, I just think someone definitely got attacked by a goose. (laughs) This is what it was. And said it had long neck like snake. (laughs) Pliny, I tell you. It had the long neck, and it was a snake, (laughs) and it bit me, and uh, it hurt a lot. Pliny's feverishly writing in his notebook. Yes. Go on, go on. Tell me more. I'm sure this means something. Okay, it's the name of the city. It's Zwal Zwal in uh, the Netherlands, but it does look like it says Swolus. (laughs) Swolus Sigilum. Oh, yeah. It's the new name of my gym. Oh, good. Yeah, so my favorite thing about this 
it kind of falls into that, like, uh, geese being budded from trees or <laughs> lambs growing on plants, where it just represents a level of of creativity about the natural world that, like, here's the thing. The people who wrote this had to be so disconnected from the natural world because, like, farmers and crap would have seen every day, like, the life cycle of similar animals. Yeah. Of people, anyone who worked with livestock. But this <laughs> dude, friends with the emperor, was like, no, here's how it happens. It buds from a tree. Well, actually. <laughs> Big well, actually. This is ridiculous, and I love it. So It's a very fun, ridiculous creature. Basilisk is, uh, again, one of those just pieces of absolute garbage quote-unquote natural history like (laughs) this is presented as fact this is not part of like an overarching myth uh it's only been all of these things have only been worked into mythology after the fact so to speak as like a oh here's kind of a neat design for a weird magical creature it's like a it's like a thing that shows up in like um God, I never remember what they're called. And, like, the backgrounds of, like, sculptures that are attached to buildings. Yeah, It's man. never, like, a main focal point. It's usually just, like, amongst the people. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, hey, hey, look, we can find maybe two basilisks in this entire, like, <laughs> they're little, but they're there. So the basilisk, again, is, you know, true to its name. Like we heard earlier, a lot of things to do with king is called, like, or thought of as a king serpent. And is sometimes a hybrid from a rooster and a serpent, or like other creatures are sometimes thrown in there too. But one of the major characteristics of, of the basilisk is it, it can cause death with a single glance. Its gaze is deadly. Uh, it's got a stink eye <laughs> for the most part. Um, but it's allegedly is hatched by a rooster from the egg of a serpent or a toad, which is... Checks out. It checks that out. That is how 100%. it works. No, I'm just still reeling at Pliny as a person. <laughs> Apparently, he, he's talking about how his work... Uh, he's not talking about this. People are talking about how his work um, informed uh, Giorgio Vasari, which wrote one of the most annoying art history things of all time. <laughs> uh, and anyway, sorry, I just have a grudge against Vasari. Um, and, uh, anyway, snake and, okay, so here's my argument. The one with the bird makes sense because a cockatrice's, um, crown, so to speak, like the, Mm -hmm. what is it called? The comb. The comb. That kind of looks like a crown. Yeah. Sure. Not a little, (laughs) (laughs) the little... Christmas crown is so funny. It's so good, though. It's so good, it. especially because he has kind of like a weird, tall cartoon head. Mm-hmm. He looks the one I'm looking at looks like he'd talk like a uh, like droopy dog. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. Yeah. So again, there's some uh, disagreements on what they look like, but yeah. If you can combine a chicken and a snake in an interesting way, and also possibly a crown... It's a basilisk. Yeah, uh, we can read Pliny's description, which is pretty fascinating. Uh, there is 
the same power. Oh, he's talking about the uh, Kadabla. Hmm. Do you want to say it? Kadabla's. <laughs> it's a D and D monster that I was thinking about the other day, and I was like, I'm never gonna be able to. Kadabla's. Oh, I mixed. I can't. See, I can't read letters in the correct order, so. Kitablipas. Ketal. C A T O B E. Nope. 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 Can't read. Kitablipas. C A T O B L E P A S. It's a cow like creature. Mm hmm. Uh, so, uh, it's talking about how uh, it has a deadly gaze. And here it talks about there is the same power also in the serpent called the basilisk. It is produced in the. Po- province of Cyrene being not more than 12 fingers in length. It has a white spot on its head strongly resembling a sort of diadem. When it hisses, all other serpents fly from it, and it does not advance its body like the others by a succession of folds, but moves along upright and erect in the middle. It destroys all shrubs not only by its contact, but those even that it has breathed upon. It burns up all the grass, too, and breaks the stones. So tremendous is its noxious influence. It was formerly a general belief that if a man on horseback killed one of these animals with a spear, a spear, the poison would run up the weapon and kill not only the rider, but the horse as well. To this dreadful monster, the effluvium, that means stink, of the weasel is fatal. A thing that has been tried with success, for kings have often desired to see its body when killed. So true it is it that it has pleased nature that there should be nothing without its antidote. The animal is thrown into the hole of the basilisk, which is easily known for the soil around it being infected. The weasel destroys the basilisk by its odor, but dies itself in the struggle of nature against its own self. <laughs> it's very dramatic. Uh, so, I, I try to be forgiving knowing that, like, my knowledge of the natural world comes from hundreds and hundreds of years of people doing real research and compiling that in, like, a cogent way. But also, like, what the hell is up with the snake? It's <laughs> has, like, a death zone where everything mm-hmm. around it breaks and withers, and if it looks at you, it's you die... You can't stab it, because it'll... Get you. It'll travel. die, but then it'll get you, too. <laughs> it'll travel up the friggin' sphere and kill your horse, too. Mm-hmm. I've what? seen depictions where it's kind of dragon-like. It's like dragon plus snake plus rooster, um, where it's got... It's partially feathered. It's got the spindly chicken legs, and it's got, like, dragon wings. <laughs> and then the tail... Um, the earlier accounts, like the one that Pliny said, it was like maybe a foot tall or long. I've also seen descriptions where it's just a giant snake without the chicken bits, <laughs> but it's still, it, it's, it moves more cobra-esque kind of a thing where you know how cobras can like lift themselves up off the ground like that. So like instead of like, like Pliny describes, instead of stomach on the ground, it kind of has like moves with the bottom, like the back half still touching the ground and the front half up. Um, and this, the more snake-like ones are a, a, a good pop culture reference. Harry Potter. What's her name? Huh? What's in the basilisk in Harry Potter? Nagini. Nagini. I almost said Naga. That's uh, she's it. Sorry, she's not a basilisk. She's like a... There's a basilisk in the second book that is like living in the, in the pipes. Oh, that's the one. Correct. Uh, I have never the read Nagini thing is, uh, 
much more cringe, so... Oh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the big, the one in the basement, the big yeah, snake man. in the basement is the big, basilisk. Big basement snake. <laughs> big basement snake. <laughs> nice. Uh, they reportedly found a, a basilisk in the ruins of some wrecked building in Milan. Uh, it had no wings, no feathers, but it had an egg-sized head that looked too large for its body. So I'm assuming this is just like a regular size, like a regular <laughs> snake with an it's an egg-sized head. Uh, that looked too large for its body, viper fangs, and a, quote, bulky lizard-like body and only two stubby legs with cat-like claws. The tail was as long as the body with a swelling at its tip the size of the head. When standing up, it looked like a leathery naked rooster. <laughs> <laughs> Did they just find a fucking burnt-up rooster? Maybe. I just... It's very funny. This is um, There's ridiculous. one... I think is this this might be part of Pliny's descriptions where Oh no, this is different. This is part of the I think part of the Canterbury tales. <laughs> um just which described the basilisk as this gigantic like purple snake with like a three lobe crest and two teeth, one on each jaw. <laughs> um and it tells it talks to Saint Anthony and it tells him, I drink fire. <laughs> I am fire, and I breathe it in from the mist, pebbles, dead trees, animal fur, the surface of swamps. My temperature sustains volcanoes. I bring out the gleam of gems and the color of metals. <laughs> it's Whoa. so dramatic. I love it. It's so good. Leonardo da Vinci plagiarized yeah. Pliny the Elder. Yeah, it's wild. It's almost mm-hmm. word for word the same description in his bestiary. I, I just, uh, these are so varied and so bad. I, I realize that, like, again, I'm being mean from a position of someone in the 21st century. But it, it's talking about, like, uh, yes, he was killed by men carrying mirrors. He definitely did this thing, and definitely they blind you. Yeah. I realize that, like, these things aren't that information traveled slowly, and I shouldn't be so mean, but also... Some of these descriptions are kind of hilarious. <laughs> did it you know that you can funny. use a basilisk to turn copper into gold? I did know that. Mm-hmm. They're very, they were very sought after. Powdered human for... blood. <laughs> Tasty. How do, you, how do you powder human blood? Dehydrate it and then crack it up into pieces. Fair point. Is it like a mortar and pestle, maybe? Do you speak from experience? No, I just watch a lot of cooking shows. Oh, that's fair. They make uh, powders out of things that I did not know could be powdered. <laughs> so, Alexander Neckham, Neck, Neckam, uh, very normal name considering he lived from 1157 to uh, 1217. <laughs> um, he was an abbot in the Surinshire... So hard to tell how to pronounce uh, English <laughs> names because they either say all of the parts or none of them uh, <laughs> in an abbey. Anyway. Uh, talked about the idea that it was not the glare, but the quote-unquote air corruption that killed. Which is, I feel like, more credible. Like, if it destroys all this stuff by being around it, surely it could have the same effect. Like, just giving mm-hmm. off poisonous gas. Yeah. There are so many good ones. So, there are versions where it looks you in the eye and you die. There's somewhere it... Uh, it just kind of is generally poisonous. It's so sad that the weasel gets killed, no yeah. matter what. I did um, see, though, that um, the weasels are so hardy that if you could, you know, get them out and give them some sort of antitox or antivenom, 
then they could live. <laughs> but I did see that, but only in one spot. Leonardo notes that uh, that it's specifically the smell of the weasel's urine that kills it. Yep, yep. Gotta go pee on a snake. Be right back. Excuse me. Let me just <laughs> take care of something. Don't pee on snakes. That seems rude. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably won't save you from too many. <laughs> A redesign of the Don't Tread on Me. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, God. There You heard it here first. And then one that says do for all those water sports fans. (laughs) And just let him die? (laughs) Sent us some weird crap. Yeah. Oh, man. I love this uh, crust. So the uh, coat of arms of the House of Visconti... I'm probably saying that very wrong. It's an Italian noble dynasty of the noble age of the noble ages of the Middle <laughs> Ages. Uh, have a man being devoured by a basilisk, and it's yeah, pretty badass. Right. I remember seeing that. It's pretty cool. There's yeah. some pretty cool like sculpture work of just like giant snakes with like some other cool fantasy bits. They're fun. I just think it's interesting that like there are quote unquote like king snakes, which is like a sub group. I don't. know what the <laughs> right word is king snakes which i realize probably in involve like more quote-unquote dangerous snakes i think that there are some other species around them that are more like quote-unquote dangerous but the only one i can think of is a milk snake which is basically like a tiny little nice <laughs> snake <laughs> that they're <laughs> They're so cute. I had to uh, take one out of the cave when I was a kid, uh, when I was working there, and it tried to bite me, but its fangs weren't like sharp enough, so it was just kind of like, It was really cute. Anyway, I have a long history if I want a snake for a pet, but no one is ever happy about that. They're so cute. Sorry, I'm just looking at pictures of king snakes now. We used to have a lot of, uh, like, garter snakes around, and we would, like, just, like, catch them and, like, put them in buckets and hang out with them all day and then go free them back in the field at the end of the day. (laughs) I remember we had two we got from, like, my great-aunt's house, and she let us take them home, I think, just to, like, because my mom would not let us keep them for sure, but she put them in a five-gallon bucket, and we took them home in the bucket, (laughs) but we named them... It was a big one and a really little one. The big one we named Mario, and the little one we named Scooter. And oh. I remember them fondly. I Your was family like is great at naming animals. Yeah. We had a lot of them. Such is the way of living on a farm. <laughs> oh, um, do you want to hear about how the, the origin of one of these creatures? Yeah. The beginning of their lives? Yes, please tell me. So, like I said, they're kind of these weird chimera creatures. Um, they're generally born from a round-shelled egg, which is laid by a rooster, not a hen, uh, just mm. before the rooster dies on a clear night and a full moon exactly at midnight, sometimes on a dung heap. <laughs> I, I would just, just like, I realize that there are species that do lay round eggs. It seems very painful. Also, what's going on with that rooster? <laughs> Very, just very specific, very specific things. Mm-hmm. After a few days, the eggshell, which is really soft and leathery, not hard and brittle. Oh, like a turtle egg. Yeah, like a turtle egg. Uh, 
which you know comes into the lake where people they kind of talks about how sometimes there's amphibians involved which i realize a turtle is an amphibian but it's like a it's a non-amphibian it it's a it's well, a... it lives in oh no this oh, might no. have to get into some okay let's find out yes please bernadette turtle it corner they're amniotes oh uh, they're okay they're uh diapsids which is apparently distinct from amphibians, but I'm going to do a quick googly goog. <laughs> amphibians are ectothermic tetrapo- tetrapod vertebrates of the class amphibia. So, presumably, let's see what turtles are part of their class. They are part of reptilia, so they are reptiles, not amphibians. Reptiles. Even though way, some didn't... of them hang out in the water. Yeah, I guess I, I feel like never thought of a turtle as a reptile, but I, in my sense. brain, amphibians are more like slimy. <laughs> They're softer, uh, but fair. also that's completely unscientific. <laughs> well, I guess the soft eggs make sense. If it is a reptile, these creatures are part reptile, so it would make sense. They've got this. Aww. Do snakes do snakes have soft eggs too? I think so. Yeah. Well, then there we go. We we're, <laughs> we're walking around ourselves in a really big circle, but it was right there the whole time. I feel like amphibians have very soft eggs. Yeah, those are, like, gushy. They're like so from, like, eggs. reptiles to fish, you get a sliding scale of gushiness. Got it. All right. Made it. Um, so these eggs are generally then incubated after being laid by a rooster. They're incubated by a snake or a toad, or sometimes the rooster itself, um, and eventually producing... This tiny little chimera creature, the basilisk, which is, quote, ready to kill at birth. Wow. <laughs> which technically, I don't know why this said birth, because it definitely is not birthed out of anything. It is a hatched creature. I... Uh, but the egg opens up with this strange little dude inside, and it already has all of the features of what an adult basilisk would have. The legs, the beak, the comb, this reptilian body. Um, oh my gosh, and apparently, so just the tiny guy. It's just, it says, it's quote, quote, apparently the strange creature has an intense and penetrating fire in its eyes, such that any animal or person gazing directly upon it would die. So immediately this little, like, hatchling can kill you with its looks. So can I make a proposal as to, uh, I know that this probably is 100% not true, but to the world of these kinds of writers, who are all male, right? Mm-hmm. So let's pretend that they are these people and they've either never seen a baby or they only see a baby, like, when they're in that kind of, like, fresh out, haven't eaten anything, kind of look like a withered little monkey stage. And so they think that all animals emerge, like, just as smaller versions. Like, someone's just pressed, like, command T and scaled it down. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And that's what I like to think it's very is fun. the source of all those terrible tiny adults. Yeah. I love that there's like, there was like a, I don't know, a superstition or a rule or whatever, a rule of thumb, if any rooster or a fowl that you thought was for sure a male chicken, you caught it laying an egg, you were, it was immediately to be put to death. In 1474... <laughs> A, quote, heretical chicken was burned at the stake in front of a large crowd. No! In Basel, B-A-S-L-E, I don't know how to say that. Basel? Basel? The, the but poor, yeah, a heretical, heretical chicken, chicken. No. was burned at the stake. That's Thus so ending sad. its bloodline. 
It's oh, hilarious. No. I okay. I may be wrong on this, but isn't like sexing chickens, at least some species, like relatively difficult? I Maybe I'm thinking of chicks. Chicks I feel for like... sure. Once they're chicken, once they're like a chicken chicken, <laughs> once you they're can chicken, tell. once they're like an adult chicken, you can oh, tell. Yeah. But chicks <laughs> is probably harder because they're just little puppies. Heretical. Heretical chicken. chicken. That would be a pretty cool band name. That's not Burnt something we haven't talked about. Burnt at the stake, Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. We haven't done fake band names in a while. Maybe they were just having... Okay. Maybe they were just having a barbecue and, like, a priest came by and was like, what's all this then? And they were like, it's heretical. <laughs> it's heretical chicken. <sighs> it's fantastic. It's heretical and also we put a nice, like, sweet and sour sauce on it. <laughs> yes. Uh, just the first, the first of its kind. Um, uh, according to this, all basilisks can only be male. Hmm, that checks up. <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. I guess, uh, like, uh, to be fair, there are <laughs> sterile, um, what is the technical term for when you have two species that can technically have offspring, but they're not oh, fertile? Oh, yeah, like a, like a mule? Yeah, like, maybe it's like that, where they're like, sure, that's a thing that happens. Yeah. I also love that the next point in this is, it is almost always an icon of fear. It can only be male, and it is an icon of fear. Yes. Uh, it is always evil, and it if it can't, I love this, if it can't, like, use its gaze or its, like, glare to make animals die, it turns them into plants, and then it withers them <laughs> with its poison. <laughs> Gotta throw in an extra step, but we'll make it happen. Oh my gosh. That's very but, uh, silly. Yeah, it kind of had a little bit of symbolism to be used as, like, a destructive fire that preceded, like, the transmutation of metals. Sometimes it was, like, an elixir or thought of, like, a philosopher's stone, like a mysterious catalyst. Like you said, turning, like, copper to gold, curing all ills, uh, make people have eternal life, whatever, stuff like that. Have During, like, the about... Renaissance era, yeah. uh, Christianity rediscovered... The basilisk in the context of the Old Testament and used it as an emblem of the devil and sin. Ah, hooray. I mean, it was already pretty evil. Uh, I think we've talked about how chimeras are like... I mean, they're fun, obviously. <laughs> um, but the idea of um, that these weren't originally like, aha, yes, it is these two animals squished together, but like, they... Again, this early stuff is, like, completely cre credulous, like, this is a thing that exists and is real. But I think it's been, like, backwards classified in some mythologies as a chimera, where they're like, yeah, this yeah. is this is half this and half that. Also, okay, <laughs> the chimera Moretto, uh cracks me up every time, because uh, these chimeras are... So they're a specific one that I feel like you don't see reproduced very often because it has, like, a... So it's the body of the lion, a tail that is a snake, and then sticking out of the back of the lion is, like, a goat's head. <laughs> like, just out of the side. Like, Good. yep. Amazing. It's like, this was a trans... This was a transporter accident. Oh, God. A little bit. A little bit. And, like, I think... Chimeras are neat. Like, everyone likes... Everyone thinks, oh, sweet, what if I had big claws? Or what if my cat had, a, had like, wings? Like, I get that. Also, though, some of these look whack as heck. 
Uh, and my favorite version of the basilisk is the version that is like definitely just a chicken, but the tail is a snake. Yep, yep, yep. And they're like a foot long. I love it. They can still kill you with their eyeballs. Oh man, they got those deadly eyeballs. Before I move into, I have a section called Sick Tricks, which is all the things it can do. I do want to inform you of this um, screenshot I took of one of the websites I was looking at while I was researching. Uh, it's like a wiki, like a wikia page. Um, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a picture of it. I uh, send you a picture of a snake friend, and then the smallest vertebrate, which is apparently a frog, a tiny smaller frog than a coin. Cute. Yeah. So okay, so you know when you're reading like a wiki page about like a character from a thing yeah and it's yeah. like their full name their alias their relationships their occupation mm-hmm. hobbies goals whatever um so i found a page what are the hobbies was... and goals of a basilisk caitlin i'm gonna read it i'm gonna read this too <laughs> i found a page about the basilisk and it had that that's just that little side section on the right and it'll be yeah. like are they dead or alive so okay so it's a picture like an older like probably a woodcut picture of a basilisk like the snake kind um and on the top in all in in this like red bar it says evil doer <laughs> and then here we go full name basilisk alias nun origin western folklore occupation monster <laughs> powers and skills petrification poisonous breath hobbies leaving a trail of poisons wherever it goes <laughs> goals eat its victim type of villain m- monstrous man eater Crimes, murder. <laughs> and if Discord will send you the image, you will have it very shortly. But it's literally it. This is not I, a screenshot. This is a photograph. You. Have, it, what kind of monster <laughs> are you? Are you taking phone pictures of your computer screen? I took a screenshot on my computer. I'm not on Discord on my computer. It's on my because it'll crash oh, okay. our recording studio. So I took a picture of the screenshot. I put in my notes. I like that it's all, this is very pedantic, but eat its victim where it's eat it is it, victim. It is victim, yeah. Crimes, it's, murder. Crimes, murder is my favorite. I it's just, very good. I, man, I love that hobby. <laughs> look at his little crown. I know, look at him. He's cute. Leaving a trail of poison. Where, yeah, I think my favorite thing is still occupation, monster. Occupation, monster, crimes, murder. Oh, well, I mean, hey, you gotta have hobbies. You gotta have an occupation. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. Do you want to hear some basilic sick tricks? Yes, I do. Is this All a right. new corner? Sick tricks? <laughs> yeah. It can be. It's just the things that it do. The things that it do. Okay. The I mean. things that it do, yeah. I mean, we do this anyway. I just have—I don't think I've called it sick tricks before. Maybe I had something fun in, in the Wendigo episode, but I don't remember. Um, so, obviously, as we've talked about before, the gaze, the glare, the stink eye, whatever it is, no matter who you are, what you are, what you're doing, whatever, if you meet the eyes of the basilisk, you're dead. Uh, it's got that stinky, stinky breath. It's so bad that it'll wither plants, um, and it can incapacitate, like, adult humans. Uh, sometimes that there's stuff that it can, like, spew fire. So, again, with that, like, dragon adjacent whatever. Uh, it's called the most poisonous creature that's ever lived. It, the, that story that we mentioned earlier from Pliny where it was killed by a spear, but the poison flowed back up and killed the man and the horse. It's so, just, like, its essence is so poisonous that, like, 
all plants and stuff will die. But not only plant life, but also, like, stones will shatter if it passes them. Stuff like that. Its venom is so strong that when if it were to go and drink from a well, the water would still be polluted for centuries to come. And it would kill anyone who tried to drink from it. Um, it's got this half-bird, half-reptilian hiss that can uh, either madden, paralyze, or kill humans. Which is wild. And I would love to hear that sound. Uh, if you were to touch one, even if you didn't, like, if you weren't exposed to its breath or its stink eye or the venom or the hiss, you could still die just, like, by touching it or being in, in the proximity. And, like, I think we mentioned earlier, it leaves this path of destruction wherever it goes, scorching plants in the earth, and it smells bad, and it's evil spirit, and birds burst into flames, and other snakes will flee because these will probably eat them, too. It's like it's said to like sometimes leave behind this burning trail of venom in its in this wake of chaos, and that's usually how you can find them. They're probably not very hard to find because they just leave a tr- like the most clear path if you were ever <laughs> seeking one out. I like the idea that their venom uh, shatters stones, not dissolves like or anything. Nope, shatters them. It's very good, man. Oh, I feel like I want to mention real quick uh, the cockatrice, which is like the yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you took the bits left over from the basilisk, that makes a cockatrice and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yep. Which is basically the, not an inverse, but it's the same bits where it's like snake bits, bird bits. Mm -hmm. I've seen Uh, some things that say that they're different creatures. I've seen some things that say that they're just, you can use the words interchangeably. Yeah. Uh, I saw one thing that was like how this one was an egg laid by a rooster and then incubated by some sort of reptilian creature. The cockatrice was an egg laid by some sort of reptilian creature and then incubated by a chicken. So like, (laughs) although it's worth saying that kind of, yeah, I feel like cockatrices are slightly less, they're slightly more mythological and slightly less a huge misunderstanding of biology. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you, before we actually get into anything else, I still want to talk about um, actual lizards in a minute. Oh, yeah. Or snacks. Uh, but the Wikipedia page describing basilisks in, like, tabletop games is called Basilisk parenthesis, fantasy roleplay, and parenthesis. <laughs> and I yeah. really wanted it to turn out that, like, pretending to be a basilisk was some kind of, like, <laughs> trend or something. Uh, that's amazing. But, uh, but anyway, so there's some conversation about what the origin, so to speak, of a, of the basilisk as an idea is, and a lot of them have to do with, like, cobras and uh, frilled snakes were, mm-hmm. they're a bit more impressive and more easily confused with other things. Some of which, the king cobra, it says, is among them, uh, <laughs> uh, will spit venom at yeah. the eyes of its prey, like from a distance, in order to <laughs> incapacitate them. Which kind of makes sense from like a, yeah. a historical origin point. Oh, I'm sorry, the king cobra doesn't uh, spit, but it's often mistaken for those that do. Um, and they've got they got those cool teeth and those kind of flared neck bits. <laughs> I'm a scientist. Yes. Man, cobras look cool. They really do. They've, 
are probably dangerous somehow, but <laughs> they're kind of cute. Snakes are just good. They are. Uh, but there is also a genus called Caritophanid. Caritophanid? Caritophanidae. Caritophanidae. It, any, really any part of that word could be emphasized. Uh, are a kind of lizard known as basilisks, which are endemic yeah. to southern Mexico, Central America, and South America. It's a genus containing four species, uh, which are one of them. Oh, a couple of them are known as Jesus lizards because they can run across water. They're light and quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know quick those. And small. And they have kind yeah. of um, frilled, I want to say, head ridges. Not frills at the side of their necks, but on the very top, almost like a dinosaur. And they're small, <laughs> and they've got uh, frilled backs and um, kind of cone-shaped heads. And they got those quick little legs. Yeah. They're really um, and they can run on water, which is pretty wild, because they're not heavy enough to break the surface tension, tension of the water as long as they're moving, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> Yeah, they're very, they're very cool. I've definitely seen videos of those before. It's they really fun. look like they're going. Yeah. They're also pretty cute. They are. Uh, the Vasiliscus Vasiliscus, or common Vasilisk, is a tiny little lad with just big old legs, and it's very charming. I'm sure he's got his own stuff going on, but I just wanted to say, I think it's adorable. Oh, they are apparently invasive species in Florida, but like... Aww. <laughs> that makes sense. I'm just looking right. at pictures of these guys. Animals are cool. They are. Uh, Basils can burrow into sand to hide from predators. <laughs> just imagine it wiggling in there real quick. Wiggle, wiggle. I imagine it's not unlike how snakes will like shimmy and get underneath the sand. Yeah, man. We're just like, they wiggle in there. <laughs> shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Makes sense. Oh man, I never knew that these were the the water lizards. That's awesome. <laughs> they're part of the sub or so they're part of the order Squamata, which is a great name, and part <laughs> of the suborder Iguania, which makes sense because they do look kind of like iguanas. Squamata. There's a great oh. number of um of animals that are in no way interested in being my friends, but I am interested in being their friends. <laughs> I love it has, like, the chart down below with, uh, some of them have, uh, kind of brief images of the creatures at the end of the family tree, and I like that you see both crocodile-looking lizardy guys, and then also just snake. That was me imitating the line of a snake. <laughs> snake. That's the sound they make? <laughs> snake. Yeah. Are they Pokemon now? Yes. <laughs> I'm a snake. Follow me. Caitlin received one of my many early morning slash late night lies as jokes. <laughs> I believed you. I straight up believed you. Well, I I thought it was like mildly funny, but also made no sense. <laughs> I insisted that the Pokemon Wobbuffet was named after Warren Buffett, which is unfortunately untrue. As far as we know, wink, <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Oh, man. Uh, this podcast is now Bernadette looks at pictures of snakes and thinks about I'm how so cute glad. they are. I think it's been that this whole time. Well, I don't appreciate being called out like this, but yes. <laughs> I don't want to know how to defeat a basilisk. Uh, it's my new friend. Your new best friend? But I guess if they're really mad at me, 
<laughs> just have some, just have in your back pocket, just in case, you know. So, as we kind of talked about earlier, weasels are one way to defeat a basilisk. Weasels are supposedly immune to their their stink eye, uh, and they can also sometimes survive the venomous bite. Like I said earlier, if they receive proper medical treatment, a lot of I love this quote: "Many old texts." urge would-be basilisk killers to throw a weasel into the beast's den, <sighs> or vice versa, and let them fight it out. <laughs> Uh-oh. How many kind unfortunate of the... weasel deaths? Yeah, a lot of unfortunate weasel deaths. Um, it's weak to the odor of the weasel, or possibly the urine of the weasel. There's a lot of... It's possible that this, this kind of came about with the association with the weasel in Europe, inspired by accounts of different species of snakes, like the cobra, as like the natural and its natural predator, the mongoose, kind of a thing. So very, very Ricky Tiki Tavi kind of esque mm-hmm. mood going on there. It's kind of thought that a lot of accounts of and like descriptions of cobras might have given rise to the legend of the basilisk, like we mentioned. It's just bad biology. Um, uh, uh, like cobras, like I said, cobras can keep that upright position and you know, kind of maybe yeah, man, are killed by mongooses and. Uh, so, That's you know, a real weasels life thing. and weasels and basilisks. Um, Speaking of weas- weasels, mm-hmm. did you know that there's a weasel that is uh, its common name is least weasel? <laughs> like the less lesser weasel, like greater weasel. Uh huh. And least weasel. <laughs> And the least weasel. Aw, what? Is, well, that's not very nice. That great for his confidence. It's not. Hey, to me, he's the most weasel. You're the most weasel. We're so sorry that biology did you did you dirty. <laughs> it's really cute too. Maybe it's a size thing. <laughs> least weasel. The least weasel. Just the least amount of weasel a weasel could be. It's just just so small. Least weasel, common weasel, or simply weasel. In the UK. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> Least weasel. Animals are hilarious. Weasels. Uh, <laughs> uh, in addition to weasels, the sound of like a rooster's crow can could potentially reduce the monster to ashes. So when people were traveling, it was uh ad- it advised to keep roosters oh, yeah. with them. Hey, uh, spoiler alert for quite an old book, but in Harry Potter, that's why uh. Uh, Ginny, possessed Ginny is made to strangle all of the, uh, the chickens on the Hogwarts grounds, which is a pretty, like, dark thing. Pretty dark, yeah. Uh, the only, there's supposedly one plant that's immune to the gaze and or poison of the basilisk, and it's rue, uh, which is apparently often consumed by weasels to protect themselves. Oh, ho. Uh, another thing is a mirror, so the gaze of the basilisk is also le- lethal to itself, so if it were to see itself, it could, <laughs> it could, you could die. The true tragedy. <laughs> um, uh, supposedly, the basilisk's this ridiculous power is still like part of it after it dies, so if you can, once it's reduced to ashes, the ashes still have these magical properties and abilities, and so it was pretty highly sought after uh, basilisk dust for by alchemists in the 13th century. Um, there's one legend that talks about an alchemist taking these ashes to turn, again, silver to gold, copper to gold, whatever, and other legends talk about that the ashes are an important ingredient in the making of the Philosopher's Stone, which oh, is pretty fancy. Man. Uh, I, I return slightly to tell you that Pliny recommended that ruby combined with the poisonous shrub oleander as an antidote to snake bites. 
<laughs> because if you have one poison problem, why not two? There you go. Uh, he you also go. also lists. Oh, sorry, this is not him, but it's a medieval handbook. Uh, warns that Rue augments the sperm and dampens the desire for coitus. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it sharpens the eyesight and dissipates flatulence. <laughs> Amazing. Unless you have uh, any other uh, things, we can probably move into D&D corner. Nah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about D&D. D&D? So, this comes from D&D Beyond. Uh, they have a, an entry about the Basilisk, which is a medium monstrosity, and it has no alignment, which is interesting. Uh, speed of 20, so they're kind of slow. They are a challenge rating 3, which I think is ridiculous because some of the stuff they do is pretty hardcore. They do have an intelligence of a negative four, wisdom of a negative one, and a charisma of negative two, though, which oh, I think no, is hysterical. Oh, they're really dumb. Oh, and also a dexterity of negative one. <laughs> no! The only positives they have are strength and con, and they're not even that high. It's a two and a three. That's so tragic. It's very good. I have to throw uh, out all of my plans for a basilisk, BC. <laughs> oh, unfortunate. Um, they have the petrifying gaze, so if a creature starts its turn within 30 feet of the basilisk and the two of them can see each other, the basilisk can force the creature to make a DC-12 con saving throw. If the basilisk isn't incapacitated, on a failed save, the creature magically begins to turn to stone and is restrained. It must repeat the saving throw at the end of its next turn. On a success, the effect ends. On a failure, the creature is petrified until freed by a greater restoration or other magic. Um... If you're surprised, you can avert your gaze to avoid it. Um, if you're fighting, you can you can like fight it eyes closed, whatever. But if if it gets the jump on you, you have no choice. You can't be like, oh, I closed my eyes. It's like, nope, gotcha. Yep. It gotcha. Got you. Um, boy, that would be a really uh, efficient way to clean up a campaign that annoyed you. <laughs> there you go. Room full um, of basilisks. Yeah. If the basilisk sees its its reflection. Within 30 feet of it, in bright light, it mistakes itself for a rival and targets itself with its gaze. <laughs> Negative four intelligence, baby. Oh, no. They have a two in intelligence. That's it so funny. me. It's very good. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah, that's what... Oh, the other, the other great thing, the description of this creature is... Quote, a basilisk is a multi-legged reptilian horror whose deadly gaze transforms victims into porous stone. With its strong jaws, the creature consumes this stone, which returns to organic form in its gullet. <laughs> hey, good. that's pretty metal. It's very good. But yeah, that is, use those, use one in your D&D campaign. I remember, I think one of my first, the Harry Potter movie, movies was probably the first time I was introduced to this creature, but I remember it very vividly from Critical Role Campaign 1. They had to fight them, and I was so stressed out by, like, the notion of starting to t turning to stone. It's very good. But uh, in, in pop culture corner, in pop culture news, there it appears in a, a lot of poetry. A lot of poets like to talk about basilisks, which is very funny. Um, but there's Canterbury Tales, Harry Potter. It shows up in the Bible a couple of times. Uh, Shakespeare writes about them. Basilisk and Medusa are the names of weapons in the Warhammer 40,000. Villain.net, Council of Evil, Basilisk, the Kuga Ninja Scrolls, God of War, Chains of Olympus, uh, the 1890s computer game Archon, uh, Secrets, Secret of Mana, Neverwinter Nights, Baldur's Gate, Dragon Rider, Total Annihilation Kingdoms, The Book of the Dun Cow, the BBC adaptation of The Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, uh, Dungeon Meshi, Berserk, Star Wars has a wardroid named Basilisk, uh, Ark Survival Evolved, Magic the Gathering, uh, Homestuck, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Basilisk the Serpent King, which is a sci-fi channel original film, and I kind of want to watch it because I love sci-fi channel movies. Um, Spiderwick Chronicles, the, those ology books, like Dragonology and Monstrology, both, I think, reference uh, the Basilisk. Uh, Super Sentai, The Cool Kids Table, Final Fantasy, RuneScape, Dark Souls, World of Warcraft, The Witcher, Digimon, Dragon's Dogma, Metal Gear Solid, and The Sword Interval. And these are all ones that have either made reference to or had creatures inspired by uh, the Basilisk. Oh, man. Yeah. I think that is all we have for today. So thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of Stone Houses. Our next episode goes up Sunday, June 9th. Yay. I never know for sure. Uh, And that episode next week is Creature Crunch. Yay! Um, so I am gonna be retweeting that post asking for suggestions crunch, for you know crunch, ridiculous crunch. episodes. <laughs> Let's munch and crunch those creatures. Um, so if you have any any last minute ideas you want to throw at us this week, we're gonna start compiling what we are gonna put into the episode over the next couple of days before we record. So if you have any any last thoughts, toss them at us. I'll retweet it a couple of days this week so you get that chance. Um. We have a coffee. If you have a couple bucks you'd like to throw at us to support this show, you can find us at ko-fi.com forward slash stonehousescast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share the show with a friend. Rate, review, subscribe. Um, reviews go a long way. Uh, sharing it with a friend goes a long way. Thank you so much. Uh, it makes you cool. We love cool kids here on Stonehouses Cast because we are so cool. We are. You can check us out at Stonehouses Cast on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com forward slash stone. Houses cast. If you follow us on Twitter, uh, you get early sneak peeks at the topic, and you get to the topic art early and fun bits, and like we said, you get to give us suggestions for the show and stuff like that. Yay! Uh, thank you. Yeah, yay! Woohoo! Thank you to those of you who have been tweeting or posting about our show to promote us and sharing it with others. We appreciate you so so very much for getting the word out. This week's shoutouts go to B, Nico, and Matthew. Yay! You can post about us as well and tag us at StonehousesCast or using hashtag StonehousesCast so we can see it and appreciate you and avoid being turned to stone together. This has been Stonehouses, an amateur guide to fiction, fable, and folklore. I'm Caitlin Bruder. And I'm Laura Bernadette Meeker. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. We'll see you next week. Bye.